License 26099E. SmartSense, brought to you by Smart Air Heating and Cooling. Right now, you can save up to $3,400 on a new comfort system. Whether your furnace is no longer working like it used to, or you want to get ahead of the summer heat, it's time to call the expert heating and cooling technicians at Smart Air. Call now and take advantage of this smart offer from Smart Air. Call 512-600-4311. That's 512-600-4311. Or visit SmartAirAustin.com. Live and local, every afternoon, 2 to 4. This is Mark, Melinda, and Ed on News Radio KLBJ. Call or text them at 512 836 0590. Thank you all for having me on. Now, Mark, Melinda, and Ed. Hello there, Melinda. How are you? I am well, thank you. How are you? Doing great. Good to have you back. Good thank afternoon, you. Ed. She came back. She came back. <laughs> Were you worried? I was worried. <laughs> Fighting the cold weather to get in today. Wacky, wacky, wacky. I had my had my shorts on yesterday. And let me just say, that's a coincidence that I came back when it was cold, cold. and stayed out when it was beautifully. <laughs> <laughs> Glad just a coincidence. Back. Glad you're back. Yes, Jack is here producing. Good to have you with us. Let's dive into the big one. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, the head of the Republicans in the Senate, says he's going to step down as leader of the Republicans in the Senate. He will remain in his seat in the Senate. What do you make of this, Melinda? Uh, It's about time. Uh, I thought it was interesting. He started his speech with one of life's most most underappreciated talents is to know when it's time to move on to life's next chapter. Um, apparently that's just a talent he just now got because that's a talent that he should have gotten years before. We got a problem with old, old men in our government. We got a problem. Uh, I did a little looking, and as we said, what, McConnell is 82. John Carter, the congressman from Round Rock, is 82. Lloyd Doggett is 77, the same age as Donald Trump, who's 77. Joe Biden is 81 years old. Uh, John Cornyn, 72 years old. We got a lot of old men in government, and I wish we would have new blood. And I'm not shedding any tear that Mitch McConnell is leaving because he's he's like Biden. He We've seen him on television have these, I'm not going to call it a seizure, but these freeze, like, like freeze up like a tick. So I'm, I'm glad the man is going to maybe not have his leadership role. If if I if I was an advisor to him, I'd say let's just, just resign just now. All yeah. of it because Re- his plan now. is to stop to step down from the leadership role, but hold his seat until the end of the term. In terms of ideas and beliefs, what is it you want to see in the next leader of the Republicans in the Senate, Melinda? I would just like someone that is extremely strong. And, and I truly believe in making sure that America is our first priority in all things. It's not to say that we don't look elsewhere uh, when we can, but that we have to have America, what we were built on, as our first priority over everything and then see where we can extend a hand after we've taken care of us. What about you, Ed? Policy-wise, uh I want someone, and I'll, I want someone who will be strong in the face of Chuck Schumer and the Democrats in the U.S. Senate. Uh, don't kowtow. I don't mind. I didn't mind. A lot of people don't like this. I don't didn't mind when Mitch would cross the aisle, but it seems like so many times that Schumer would hoodwink him and convince him to do something that was not good for our country. And I also don't want someone who's just going to bow down to Donald Trump and lick his boots. I want someone who would represent the Senate and represent the good people of Kentucky. 
in no, that case. I, I was going to say they need to represent the good people of America. Good people of America. Yeah, he was and, from Kentucky. Yeah. And on your point about crossing the aisle, that doesn't bother me mm-hmm. as long as it is done where it benefits the majority of Americans. Yes. As long as it's always done with the American people's interest in mind, I don't have any problem. I it, if you can get along, great. We should, as long as it's all coming together in the best interest of America. Ed, do you want to see Cornyn get the job? I wouldn't. I'd like to see Cornyn get the job because I think it'd be good for Texas. Selfishly, it would be really, really good for Texas. But I don't much. I don't know much about John Barrasso of Wyoming. I do like John Thune of South Dakota. They say it's one of the three Johns who will get get this. But no, I think it will be good for the state of Texas if John Cornyn. Uh, becomes a minority leader. What about you, Melinda? I can't say I'm the biggest fan of Cornyn's. <laughs> um, again, I want someone that is strong. And with Cornyn, I haven't always seen that. All right. You can weigh in with your thoughts at 512-836-0590. Call or text us. There is new polling in the major battleground states, and Donald Trump is now leading in all seven of those states, according to the Emerson battleground polls. What's jumping out to you, well, Ed? It's just the fact that Trump leads uh, in, in the swing states, that he has made this move and overtaken Joe Biden in the swing states. And uh, it was interesting when uh, little Bobby Kennedy or is added to the lineup, Trump's lead grows. So I think this is another case of more bad news for the Dems and Joe Biden that the country is not happy with the president, period. What stood out to me is that this latest information comes, they said, even as they added more third-party candidates, which um, could draw votes away from either party. And so even when they're added in there and you've got more people to select from, you still have Trump coming out on top. And then we had the primary in Michigan last night. And before we dive into that, Here's Tom Bevan, founder and president of RealClearPolitics.com, talking about the battleground state polling. He's behind in almost all of them, except for Pennsylvania, where he's leading by less than a single percentage point. I mean, it's right. that close. He's he's leading by, I think our latest average there has him at plus uh, 0.6%. Um, but everywhere else, he's behind, including Nevada, which, again, that's a, that's a Democratic state that's a state that has gone democrat the last couple of times he's down by over eight points there seven points in georgia five points in arizona that's tom bevan of realclearpolitics.com yeah uh uh not good news again mounting problems with uh, joe biden's campaign but that and and this emerson hill poll had trump up by 10 points in nevada nine in north carolina nine in georgia that's a pretty good percentage. You're not talking one or two percent. That's a pretty good percentage. However, I will state we still got a long way to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, we November. do. All right, let's go to Rick in Hutto. He's got some thoughts on Mitch McConnell stepping down as leader of the Republicans in the Senate. Hello, Rick. Welcome. How you doing? Well, good afternoon. I was just noticing that Melinda said that she wanted somebody who was a strong participant in the Senate. Why don't you stay in Kentucky and go with the other one? Rand Paul would probably do a pretty good job of that. To to be the oh, so leader. leave the leader in Kentucky and do Rand Paul. I I don't think I have a say in who gets the leader of the Senate. I, I know that, but that 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 that, that I, I would I would like to see the Senate actually do that because I think that would I think that would put an interesting mix into things. 
What are a couple of the uh, strong points for Rand Paul that come to mind with you, Rick? Well, he lives pretty much in the Constitution, and I think that's probably the biggest um, biggest qualification. And then the second is liberty. He's a firm believer in liberty. Those two qualifications right there, I think, are very, very important in a, in a public servant. Well, they're, and they're both uh, lacking in a lot of those yes. members in the Senate and the House right now. That's one of the reasons why I'm not really greatly happy with uh, Cornyn right now, because he's not what I would consider a real strong constitutionalist. Mm-hmm. Give me an example of that. Well, he's a bureaucratic, uh, bureaucratic diplomat. He uh, takes a look at things, sticks his finger in the air, reads some polls, and then he goes, well, here's my position. Uh, I don't, I don't think, I don't think of him con- that way. Rather than no. looking at the Constitution and going, well, gee whiz, the Constitution says this. And I'll put the most recent decision where everybody voted for that uh, Ukraine funding because and the border wall and the border funding, because both of them didn't really do what we were wanting them to do because the Ukraine funding obligates the president for the next year and a half, I think, almost two years, two years. of spending that. And the border funding didn't close the border. All it did was say, oh, we only want to let in 5000 a day. I didn't like it either, and it was crafted by the Republicans. That's what I've kind of scratched my head about. It was Wait, cra- what? No, it wasn't. Right. Yes, it was. It was crafted. That's the one that was crafted Had by the a, Oklahoma some senator. Some people that were Republicans that crafted it, and some that were Democrats. It wasn't a complete it was a bipartisan. Republican. Yes, it was a bipartisan deal. Yeah, bipartisan. Rick, thank you for weighing in, sir. Have a great afternoon. We want to hear your thoughts as well. 512-836-0590. It's Mark, Melinda, and Ed. Enjoy the podcasts of Mark, Melinda, and Ed at your convenience. You'll find them on NewsRadioKLBJ.com or via the free KLBJ app. 215, great to have you with us. Jack is here producing. We're also discussing the Michigan primary that wrapped up last night. We'll start on the Republican side where MSNBC's Steve Kornacki says it was a landslide for Donald Trump. The rules in Michigan... Pretty much the same as they were in South Carolina. There is no party registration in Michigan. No such thing as registering as a Republican, a Democrat, an independent. Anybody could come and vote in this primary today. That was the same in South Carolina. But Haley is not getting those numbers she got in the first two contests that she made. How do you see that outcome in Michigan, Melinda? Well, I I think to his point that when you look at the percentage, Trump got well over the majority there. I mean, I think she's finishing in the 30 to 40 percent. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I, I really do think Haley's just hanging in there in case there are any of these indictments that are against Trump that end in some kind of guilty um, and a sentence that goes along with it him. that she yeah. thinks, OK, that's her chance. Otherwise, I mean, it's been pretty obvious. Yeah, she got 40 percent. In her home state, it's not even half. So I don't know why she's still hanging in there. I don't, I, I, I honestly don't. It just seems like a waste of money and time for her and her campaign. What about you, Ed? Well, I think they, I was reading there's some cracks with Trump still with getting college educated voters uh, in, the, in the polls last night. But I do think Nikki Haley's sticking around for what Melinda said in case there are more indictments or a conviction, a big conviction that would really, by in voters' eyes, would disqualify Trump from being president. 
On the Democrat side, uh, the uncommitted vote exceeded the expectations of some. The last time I looked, it was around 100,000. It was. That's what yes. I read, too. Yeah. Yes. So um, that's the protest vote against Joe Biden. Yeah, and they were hoping to get ten to 20,000, and it ballooned to 100,000. I think that shows 100,000 in a general election. That, that sways if it's exceedingly close. We've seen that in the past years. So that's another troublesome thing for Joe Biden in Michigan with the, with the Muslims. Well, and especially because they're saying if it does end up being Trump versus Biden, their only thing is to hope that there's a third party candidate on there or they're just not going to vote at all. And that that doesn't bode well for the Biden campaign if they just sit it out altogether. Is there something that you think Biden can or will do between now and Election Day to appease the pro-Palestinians and get them to come out and vote for him? Um, well, honestly, I hope not. Um, <laughs> and I, I really don't. I know he was very optimistic that there was going to be a ceasefire, and he really is pushing Israel for that. Um, I d- and it doesn't sound like that's going to happen, which it, yay for Israel for standing their ground. Um, I just don't think that there's going to be anything that happens between now and then that will change this unless uh, Israel and Hamas— are able to work something out on their own, and it won't be because of Joe Biden, but well, maybe it'll be done it, soon enough mm-hmm. that people will forget where Biden stood on this. I think you're exactly right. The best thing for Joe Biden would be some type of ceasefire negotiated by Net- Netanyahu and Hamas. The, the uh, hostages are released, and then I think you could I – w- I wouldn't doubt if the president and his support say, take a victory lap. You're the guy that did it. You're the guy who did it. All of our these, pressure on there yeah, made this happen. Yeah. That's the best thing, just if, if they stop fighting over there and do have a true ceasefire, that's going to help uh, President Biden in Michigan. All right, 512-836-0590. State lawmakers in Arizona are considering a proposal that would expand the existing legal doctrine that you can use deadly force against home intruders. This doctrine would expand it to, say, property intrusion in Arizona. What's happening here, Melinda? Well, to me, I think this is backing on to the case that is going to be heard in about a month's time. And that is the rancher that it was in Arizona that says uh, he was having the illegals cross over his property time and time again. And um, it ended with one of them being killed by this rancher on his property. So I think that that's what this is tagging on to, to say, listen, when you're property there and people are intruding on it, they're trespassing on it, we're extending the right for you to protect your entire property, not just your home. I got I got some problems with it because I just don't as much as, and I know I've got friends who have South Texas ranches that are trashed by illegals coming through, but by the same token, I just, in, in this man's case, well, I think if you feel threatened, if you feel like the illegal alien is coming over and has a weapon to get you or your family, yeah, you got every right in the world. But if you see someone 250 yards away walking in your pasture, I don't think you have the, I don't think that's the right thing to do to open up and kill someone. And just because they're on your property, I think you need to investigate. You need to call authorities, ICE, immigration, whatever. Last resort is to shoot somebody. Well, and the law states if deemed necessary for protection. Uh, That seems kind of vague when you're applying it to property. 
who knows what you deem for protection? Is it protection of livestock perhaps you have mm-hmm. on your ranch from getting out? Is it protection of um, we've had many in, in South Texas talking about their families, how they're nervous about their kids being there when you just have all yeah. kinds of people, especially men, uh, filing my, through there. My friends, men and women who have ranches down there, they will carry side sidearms. They'll carry every time they're on the ranch, even if they're hunting, checking on the cattle, checking on fences, they carry sidearms. Here are the numbers. You can join us with your thoughts at 512-836-0590. Call or text us. We have a story out of San Antonio where a homeowner shot a suspected burglar early this morning during an attempted car break-in. What's grabbing you on this one, Ed? Well, what's grabbing me is the man is saying today that he shot because this teenager was ransacking his car. In his car, he had two weapons and a bulletproof vest. And I want to believe the, the man. He said, I thought this guy was going to get one of my weapons and it, it, I thought he was pulling it against me. That's why That's why I shot. And I think if that is truly the case, he has every right in the world to shoot. And I question, and I don't know about you, Melinda, I don't leave weapons in my vehicle overnight. I do not do that. Even if they're if, you know, secure in a garage, I take them in and lock them up. I question his judgment on that, but I do not question his judgment if he says that this young man had one of his weapons and it pointed at him, he had every right in the world to shoot. Yeah, you know how I feel about homeowners that decide to leave the comfort of their home to go after someone that's in their car. I take exception in this case. I don't agree with this man leaving his firearms in his vehicle. That is one of the dumbest things mm-hmm. that someone can do. But with that said, knowing that he did, and now he sees someone breaking into his car— I fully understand not wanting that weapon to be stolen and then used against someone else in another crime. Get where he's coming from from there. Um, And in this, he says, as the guy was coming out with his hands, he said all he could think was he probably has my firearm, you know, yeah, has one of my guns and is going to use it. Turns out they say that this person did have a gun, tossed it into the bushes right before going into the hospital. So I think it is a clear case of a self-defense or protecting property. Yeah. Here is the homeowner talking with WOAI News in San Antonio. When he brought his hands up, that was my first fear was that he had my firearm. So I began to fire. He started to run down the hill and around the truck. This was 3.30 this morning when all of this was happening. Here's one more from the homeowner. He did get my weapon, and when they replayed the cameras at the hospital, that they saw him go and throw my gun in the bushes. All right, so you can weigh in on that one as well at 512-836-0590. Damon is calling from Oak Hill with Mark, Melinda, and Ed. Good afternoon, Damon. Hey, everybody. It's nice to have the whole gang on this call. It sure is. (laughs) Welcome. Ed, Ed, I normally have your back on all these things, but I, I've got to take disagreement with you because a moment ago you said, uh, call ICE, call the authorities, call. Yeah, I've called the authorities for numerous things, some of them quite serious, and it's been everything from they show up hours later yes. to just not showing up. And some of this stuff is really serious. And uh, I can't imagine 2 o'clock in the morning on a rural piece of property you're going to call and ask ask them to come show up. I mean, man, you're you're on your own. You're you're really on your own out there. 
Damon, I, I, I see where you're coming from, but I think my point, I was thinking of broad daylight to tell you the truth. I was thinking about someone, uh, and a, a, a landowner sees a group, three, four, or five illegals walking across his land. And the way I read this bill— Just open up. Pardon me? Just open up fire on yeah. them? Yeah, you can open up fire. If, I'm, where I come from, Damon, if, if you feel the least bit threat, threatened in any way, I think that would give you cause to shoot. But just to go three, four, five goes over there and start picking them off. No, we, we need to make sure it's not a shooting gallery type thing. You can't mm-hmm. just shoot someone because they didn't notice your, you know, the top of your fence painted purple here in Texas or mm-hmm. wherever. Uh, but, you know, in, in the dark of night, and uh, I'm sorry, calling the authorities has been the least effective thing I've ever done in the last 10 years. And mm-hmm. so I just, like I said, I just, even in the daylight, I really think you're on your own. Uh, and our, our friend Sergeant Sam said, you know, when, when seconds count, the cops are minutes away mm-hmm. or hours. Yeah, if so, you're uh, on a ranch or a farm and you're really isolated, it, it could take a while for them to get there. You're right about that, Damon. Well, they, they may not even be able to find you. I, I, I spent a lot of time on in rural, really rural places, and uh, they might spot the cell phone tower next to you, but uh, that's as close as they're going to get. Unless you guide them in, uh, you know, like go past the old oak tree and look for the snake hanging on the fence. Well, that's how I give directions. Yeah. (laughs) Just a thought. Uh, Damon, thank you. Have a good afternoon. 512-836-0590. Before we go to break, I just wanted, texts are coming in about big plumes of smoke coming up towards the downtown area. Looks like there is a fire on East Old Torf. Not exactly sure what. Uh, We'll try to get some more information in the break to give to you guys. I just wanted to address it because I'm seeing tons of texts come in regarding that. On the story out of San Antonio where the homeowner shot the suspected car burglar this morning at 3.30 this morning, uh, WOAI also interviewed Larry Dean Bloomquist. He's a defense attorney in San Antonio. He's not affiliated with this case. They just wanted to get his analysis. It's unique in Texas. During the day, you can use force, but not deadly force, to stop someone from stealing your property. But at night, you can use deadly force if you have to. There's no other way to recover your property. Thief in the night is what they Mm -hmm. call it. And this was 3.30 a.m., so it falls under that nighttime rule. And Damon made a good point. If the man would have stayed in his house and called police, how long would it have been until the police come come and show up at your house? Guy could have ransacked, got all the guns and the armor in the guy's car and been, a, been away. All right, 512-836-0590. Join the discussion. It's Mark, Melinda, and Ed, 227 News Radio, KLBJ. Mark, Melinda, and Ed are on your radio at 99.7 FM or 590 AM. Now, here are Mark, Melinda, and Ed. 232, Jack is here producing. We hope you're having an excellent afternoon. We go to Steve on KLBJ at 232. Hi, Steve. Welcome. How are you doing? Hello? Yes, Steve. Welcome. Hey, welcome. Yeah, I'm in the Bernard area right now, but... I've got 5,000 acres down just outside of Ensenal, about 30 miles from Laredo. And uh, they just, I mean, it's trespassing. And only since I've called the Border Patrol several times, and they can't do anything. And I've found the 
newborn calf with his head cut off. Mm. But I just found the head of it. And also, whenever, especially at night, if you're driving through the pasture, you got to stop, get out and open the gate. My neighbor, they stole his truck whenever he got ah, out because he was please. by himself. So it's just ridiculous. Steve, that's down by the Callahan Ranch. I got friends who lease some of the down by the Callahan. Yeah. Yes, it, uh, actually borders the Callahan. Yeah, and they say it's just been a daily it occurrence. Is. You know, it is. And I hadn't shot any, but man, I know there's probably several of them. Several of these old ranchers, they don't like that crap. So you would be in you favor know? of this Arizona bill passing? What, uh, in favor of the Arizona bill? Oh. That extends uh, your ability to protect not just your home, but it extends it to all of your property as well. Uh, yes, I hadn't, I hadn't heard the whole bill, but it sounds pretty good because, you know, if you have a house, you got to pretty much put a, you know, a guard proof, you know, fence around it. Because if you're not there, you know, most, a lot of them, are actually pretty decent people, but some of them, they just don't care. And people are really getting sick of it down here. When, when did you first notice the, the big increase, Steve, on your property? Uh, I, I can't, well, right when uh, he opened up the borders. All right, uh, yeah. about three years ago this month. Yeah. It was you not know? a it was not a problem before that, Mark. I can tell you with the guys I know down there too, it was not a problem. No, uh, especially during deer season, you never see them. But every once in a while, there'll be a couple come mm-hmm. come by, and they told me if you see one headed towards the border with a backpack on, said don't let them see you because they're taking money back to Mexico. So it's just, I mean. You can't just go out and enjoy, you know, the, the land anymore, hardly. That's a shame. Steve, thanks for weighing in, sir. You have a good afternoon. 512-836-0590. Uh, we have another Steve who wants to give an update on the smoke that Melinda mentioned right before the news update. Steve, welcome. What do you have, sir? Hey, guys. Yeah, I just uh, was driving northbound on 35. I saw that the smoke that people were talking about. Uh, it's between Woodward and Old Torf along 35 on the east side of 35. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and I think there's a couple hotels there, and there's a, a structure in between. It was hard to tell which structure, but it was completely engulfed. Ah. Yeah, I still am uh, not seeing what major, the structure is, but it is a three-story building fully involved uh, with a structural collapse on the second floor. Yep, that sounds right. Yeah, it looked like it had collapsed and... Uh, uh, it looked to me like, I mean, there's lots of emergency personnel there, so that's good. But it looked to me like they were just kind of trying to keep it from spreading. I think the structure's lost. Uh, it's it's gone. Um, but for people driving, they, the highway's okay. Uh, just a little onlooking traffic. But other than that, it's okay. Yeah, and I'm seeing that they do have one lane of the northbound frontage road closed there at 35 and Woodward. Correct. The frontage road looked pretty uh, pretty backed up. Great report, Steve. Thank you for that information. Have a good one, sir. Okay, you too. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye-bye. 512-836-0590. You can call, you can text us. KXAN says Buda police are now investigating a report that a teacher at Johnson High School in the Hayes District was providing alcohol to students. 
The teacher was put on leave and has now resigned, according to KXAN. And this happened more than one time, according to this story. Yeah, this is not a he. This is a she who did this. Uh, this is a female teacher did that did this. And um, if she, when she resigned, I'm sure she was guilty. Because if this allegation came up and you were not guilty, you would fight it till the cows come home. But she did not, and uh, I believe she's guilty. And I, where is the judgment of some of these? teachers and it doesn't say how old she is but said she pulled into a liquor store while he waited in the car she came back with a bottle of crown and dr pepper i just don't know where what what they think what they're thinking well and i'm trying to figure this out because um kxan spoke with someone that said she's the parent of a son that was there when all of this was taking place in fact it was her son that drove her to a Home Depot to get a tool. But my first thought was they said it happened over Christmas break at the school. What what are they doing there? Was this a sanctioned school event that had them come over the Christmas break? Well, and not welders, only yeah. that, but they were using welding equipment. Um just the danger, even if they were all adults mixing liquor while you're while welding, drinking, yeah. not really the best idea. I, so many times we're just, it's as if these individuals do not have brains. The, I don't even know why you would think, okay, we're just hanging out with a bunch of kids. Let me buy them liquor. Let's, you know, light up the welding machine and let let's sparks go. fly. Yeah. Uh, and then on another occasion, she was said to have driven a small group of boys to a competition in Katy. Again, why why is that even going on? Why are we going in personal vehicles of mm-hmm. teachers to places? If it is a school-sanctioned event, the school should be sending that transportation to get the kids there and back safely. Here is Courtney yeah. Bertram. She spoke with KXAN. She says her son is one of those who was provided liquor by this teacher at the high school. She took this crown and Dr. Pepper and set it out in the shop and told all the kids that they could help themselves to it. I guess when she's saying shop, she's meaning the welding Welding shop shop. at the school. Uh, This mother says her son had some burns to his eyes of some sort, and she didn't know that alcohol was available. The mom didn't until afterwards and she says when i learned about the alcohol that explained why he had the burns well i'm with you that is just patently ludicrous let's go drink some crown and dr pepper and go weld that's that is and we had a story i guess it was yesterday when you were gone about a teacher who took kids i heard that did you hear that to, to, to like astroworld or yeah, something or i guess park. astroworld's not a thing anymore but yeah, an amusement park pulled over and was uh, he was allegedly drunk drunk yeah. as a skunk Here's more from uh, the mother speaking with KXAN. Maybe make personalized phone calls to these parents and say, I just want to let you know there's accusations of something that happened. Please talk to your child and let us know if you hear of anything concerning. Yeah, she says she never heard from the district, but the district said we talked to all the parents that may have had students involved. Hmm. Well, you, you missed one. Yes. One who was involved with multiple events, one in December and then one on the way to Katie. So the teacher is uh, is gone, having resigned, and now this is a police investigation. So the school district says, we're not going to say anything else. We don't want to interfere. The police 
and the state are now investigating. I don't like that. The police need to, not the police, the school district needs to come clean and release everything they have. Of course, they have to take precautions about allegations, that kind of stuff, but they need to come clean with the parents so the parents have confidence something like this is not going to happen again. Yeah, I can't imagine that's a good thing if you're saying, let's just leave it to the police to contact any parents that were involved. As a parent, I think I would want a heads up as to why the police are coming to my house to ask me or my kid questions. Um, If it's just coming out of the total blue, yeah, I can see why the parents are saying, school, why didn't you give me a heads up? 512-836-0590. Call or text us. It is 241 with Mark, Melinda, and Ed. Mark, Melinda, and Ed are on your radio at 99.7 FM or 590 AM. And you can stream the show live on your digital device via the free news radio KLBJ app. Now, here are Mark, Melinda, and Ed. Melinda, have you seen any updates on the fire? Uh, Just that it has gone to second alarm and fire crews are in the defensive. They're still asking for you to avoid the area. We've gotten several texts that have come in. Uh, stating that it is a hotel that's in that area, the Casula Hotel, which, I mean, their website says we're just three miles from downtown Austin. So um, that's, that is the area. It's Woodward near 35 Northbound Service Road. Again, one of the northbound service lanes on the frontage uh, there uh, is blocked by the crews. Vice President Harris says that the Biden administration is now paying U.S. college students to go out and register other students to vote in the 24 election. Here is part of what she had to say to kick it off. We have been doing work to promote voter participation for students. And for example, we have um, under the federal work study program now allow students to get paid through federal work study to register people um, and to be nonpartisan poll workers. As we know, this is important for a number of reasons. One, to engage our young leaders in this process and and activate them in terms of their ability to to strengthen our communities. It strikes me. Can I jump in real quick? That strikes me as electioneering (laughs) real quick. They're paying young people to register people to vote, representing the Biden administration. Isn't that a little bit illegal? Yeah. Sure does seem like it. Sounds like it to me. It does. What could go wrong? Yeah, what could go wrong? They would all register to vote and vote for Joe Biden and Kamala in November. I, it just seems a little odd to me. I'm for everybody getting to vote. I voted yesterday, by the way, and I, I want people to go vote, but this seems like it's a little too cozy with the administration teaming up with the federal agencies and universities. Well, and when you look at the group that they're targeting here, it's the group that got them into office and now the group that is waning support for them saying we may be through with this administration. This to me is just another effort to say we're, we're reaching out for you guys. We are trying to bring you in. Hey, we'll throw some money at it as well. Um, and I don't, it will be interesting to see I don't, if one, this is challenged. I what Congress challenged this? Who would, is there anybody that can challenge this? They seem pretty already made up, like they've got the the it, the trains left the station in this regards. But a does it get challenged? And then b, if there is a group of young 
let's say, Republican leaders on their school campus that would also like to get paid to sign up people, is it going to be a problem? I know she said that they want nonpartisan poll workers. Will it really play out that way? This is related to an executive order that Biden signed on his first day in office as president of the United States, directing every federal agency Every time you come into contact with somebody, ask them if they're registered. And if they're not, help them get registered to vote. Are they going to make sure that everything that's needed to be registered to vote is there? Mm -hmm. Or are they just going to sign up everybody in hopes that the rest of it gets sorted out in the registration office? Well, they would need uh, the documents that can be submitted, yes. uh, It was a very broad order to every agency, which covers thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands of employees and people interacting with those agencies. So uh, Harris just said it publicly. Here's one layer of what we're doing, one aspect. But again, I'll ask, is it is it legal for them to do this? I know I, he I signed an executive yeah, order, I, but is hmm. it And, I mean, if it is, why hasn't any other administration thought of doing this in order to boost voter registration? I I don't know the answer to that. Uh, I do know that it was reported when he signed that executive order. I read about it within a couple of weeks of his taking office. So the Republicans in Congress could have seen it if they had been paying attention, but they haven't made a peep about this. I, I haven't heard them say or do anything if they believe that it, there was anything wrong with what he's doing. Mm-hmm. I just, there cannot, there's got to be a sense of independence for this. And it just appears like there's not, that they're paying these students to go out and do this. Well, I, that the Biden administration is paying, it seems like if this was going to be done, you leave it up to a nonpartisan organization exactly. to say, we are looking for people to go and register. Uh, that means reaching out to all of these colleges and, and signing up students that maybe aren't registered yet. It just it it just seems fishy when it's coming from an administration that's in office. 512-836-0590. Environmental groups are now urging the Biden administration to resurrect an environmental protection agency law from the 1970s. They hope this will allow them to get rid of gasoline-powered lawn equipment and diesel-powered equipment, according to this story by Fox News. They are pushing hard for the EPA to resurrect this law that really has been out of commission since Congress defunded that EPA office back in the early 80s. Is this a pressing issue in our country? Is this on the forefront of everyone's thoughts about we've got to do something about that lawnmower down the street? Democrats, yeah. Uh, Remember, their Lord. their number one issue is uh, climate change. The part that, stuck out, that, that really caught my attention in the story is that they're wanting to do this as part of noise control. And they said that the Noise Control Act helps address an environmental injustice that hits low-income and minority communities particularly hard. What? Lawnmowers happen in communities all across this nation. I don't think it has a bigger impact on low-income or minority communities over the other. Yards have to be cut. It doesn't matter who you are or where you come from. Here's the big thing that grabbed me in these letters and memos from these 
climate change groups to the EPA. This could also be used against diesel trucks Mm. and buses. Diesel trucks, do they have anything to do with our economy? Do they have any importance whatsoever in our standard of living, our expanding modern economy? They are the lifeblood, Mm -hmm. yes, Ed. And these people are putting it in black and white. We don't want them. We would like to go after them and get rid of diesel trucks. This is at the push, like here in Austin, the push push to electric buses, electric, all city cars being electric. Yada-da-da-da-da. That is a big push. Uh, Let's go to Tim and Leander at 253. Mark, Melinda, and Ed. Good afternoon, Tim. Welcome. How are you? Hey, good afternoon, guys. I'm doing great. How how are you? I know you're doing good. Yes, sir. (laughs) Thank you. Hey, so my wife has personally seen... These regist- some of these registration uh, voter registrations that do not even have the Republican on the registration. It has like Democrat, Independent, or Libertarian. They've they've completely left the, the Republicans off of the registration. Where where is she? Se- the- where is she seeing uh, those, Tim? Uh, she she has a couple of friends and and she's she's seen them. I, I didn't personally see him, but I was sitting on this for about three weeks or so, and I, I because I didn't know how to get get it out there, you know. And you guys are talking about it pretty much. Well, the I Democrats. What, what all is on the registration? Because it's been a long time. My economics teacher in high school had us fill that out. I don't recall marking whether we were Republican or Democrat because I just don't think I knew at that time. And then when we were 18, she mailed them off. She would wait until our 18th birthday and mailed them off just so that we would be registered when we turned 18. Do they have where you have to mark what you are when you are registering to vote? I, I don't like you. I registered to vote. 30 years ago, 35 years ago, so I really don't remember. On a voter registration card, there's not Democrat, Republican, or anything. It's just a card to register to vote. Is that what you're talking about? Well, she's... Are you talking about the primaries right now that are going on? She just saw one of the documents that has completely left Republicans off Mm. off the questionnaire. It's, or the, you know, like the registration thing. What, what county is, what county is it for, Tim? I would say uh, Burnett County. Hmm. Well, we'll check into that. Uh, Tim, thank you. We'll check on it. Appreciate it. You have a good afternoon. Yes, Ed. I learned something last night when I voted. My driver's license has expired, Melinda. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Two weeks ago it expired, and they let me vote. And I said, will you let me vote? She said, oh, yeah. Your driver's license can be, I thought she says, four years expired and we'll still let you vote. Four years expired. So it could have been that you just moved here from another state and hadn't been here long enough and registered, but they still would have allowed you to vote? Yeah. I, not from another state. I had it. It was a Texas well, it driver's license. Well, it was a Texas driver's license. Yeah, but the, how long has it been expired? Two weeks. Okay. Or another county. Let me let me yeah, put it that way. Two weeks. You were from here, another county. I'm announcing county. to the cops out there to pull me over. I've got an expired driver's <laughs> license. We won't give out your license plate. <laughs> uh, John Thanks. is in East Austin on KLBJ. Hey, John. Welcome. Hi, good afternoon. I apologize. My truck is very loud, so I'm sorry if you guys can't hear me very Diesel well. truck? Is it um, diesel? Yeah. Uh, no, sir. It's gasoline, but I do own the landscape business. Uh, these people are absurd. If, if, if they got in the industry just for an hour, uh, the, the electrical equipment that they have out now, 
I would have to go home at, at lunch and charge up all my batteries, which are very expensive, by the way. Uh, for me to have to sell all of my equipment and get electrical, I'd probably have to spend about $12,000. Uh, that's just to get the equipment. And I would have to go home probably around lunchtime, maybe before, and charge up all those batteries mm. just so I could finish the rest of my day. John, thank you for weighing in, sir. We appreciate it. And that's the thing. You've got a bunch of people that have zero experience in these industries trying to make rules for the industry. 512-836-0590. The news is next with Mark, Melinda, and Ed. License 26099E. Smart Sense, brought to you by Smart Air Heating and Cooling. Right now, you can save up to $3,400 on a new comfort system. Whether your furnace is no longer working like it used to, or you want to get ahead of the summer heat, it's time to call the expert heating and cooling technicians at Smart Air. Call now and take advantage of this smart offer from Smart Air. Call 512-600-4311. That's 512-600-4311. Or visit smartairaustin.com.